0: Hey, again. What up, Jengis? Are you fucking ready to see the future of video game entertainment? Are you fucking ready?
1: I'm really not. I'm really not because I know what you're going to talk about. I'm fucking
0: ready. Here we go, baby. That's, That's right. Your boys at 2K just released a trailer for NBA 2K20. And it's they brought back my team, and if you know what my team is, it's like Ultimate Team in Madden or FIFA, where you get cards and you uh, make a team out of it and play people online, right? And it goes to big old microtransaction system, except 2K looked at that, and they were like, nah, it's not good enough. Let's put real gambling in this game. That's right, fellas. You can r- run through a slot machine. You could do a ball droppy drop game. You could spin a wheel to unlock stuff in game using currency that you can pay for it's awful it's we're past the point lads this is real gambling yep you you're literally doing slot machines to get your nba mans this this is the closest it's ever been i guess if you don't count gta5's literal in game gambling place A casino, if you will, Mm Juzby. That those are what those are called. Gambling house.
1: (laughs) A gambling place. A gambling place. A gambling hut of the gamble
0: persuasion. Gamble hut, if you will. Gamble hut. Gamble hut. (sighs) But I mean, I guess they at least uh, Rockstar was kind of out front about it, and they were like, "Yeah, this is gambling." Look, it's
1: literally, and that game's rated M. Okay. Yeah. Let, I, I do not want to understate how important that is to this kind of thing. What is NBA 2K rated? Uh, E10, I think. Yeah, there you go. So kids can play that. So kids could do the slot machine. So kids can gamble. How old you got to be to be in a casino, Jusby? 18. Yeah. Yep. That's a key difference. Letting kids gamble. I'm not letting Rockstar off the hook entirely, but it's a little better. Well... Than this, they
0: at least followed. This is this sucks shit. <laughs> Rockstar at least followed like legal gambling guidelines. Yes. So like in states that don't let you gamble like virtually, and, and you can't even download the, you can't even play it in like those states or those countries and stuff like that. So they did good by that. Two uh, K is not going to do that, even though this is basically the same fucking thing. I don't give a fuck what you say. Hmm. You're you're just instead of getting more money. But the only thing, you're gambling, and you're using literal gambling devices, but instead of getting money back, you're just getting stuff from my team. In the fucking trailer, I don't, I don't know if you watched the trailer. I did. Uh, it is a nightmare. It reminds me a lot of I thought those it
1: was... uh, mostly purged from YouTube, but not all of them. CSGO lottery videos where prominent YouTubers and would uh, go like, hey, it's your boy, dick nips 9000 here with CSgo lottery here we go rolling the dice oh my god I got a knife that's worth as much as Maine the state of Maine whoa dude and I only spent two dollars that's crazy it reminds me a lot of those because you have uh are they NBA players yeah they're like NBA player players uh, I mean I'm, I'm not as familiar with the NBA I'm more of a NFL person. Uh, which has its own uh, issues oh, yeah, but uh yeah up. this this clearly just sucks uh they're making it seem like it's super easy to get the good stuff it's man- it's classic manipulation of your audience here uh-huh. uh as you would expect from a
0: commercial advertising gambling dude i swear it sucks God, when i first saw that video i thought it wasn't real i thought it was like making fun of it. It kind of had that vibe. Yeah. yeah, but no, it's real. But it's real. That's a real
1: trailer. Uh, the dislike ratio on that vid is quite great. Uh, yeah, this might end up getting
0: changed by the time the game
1: comes out. I don't know. I kind of doubt it because these games are going to sell regardless. Oh, yeah. Because it's, if I'm not mistaken, the only NBA game. EA has one, but it sucks. Okay, well, then there you go. So They're, it's the only one. Yeah. <sighs> And I'm sure theirs will also have microtransactions. Always. Do they have the same Ultimate Team shit? Yeah. Yes. It's the same bullshit. And Madden
0: will have it too. It, it probably already does. It does. It uh, very much does.
1: Maybe not to this degree where no. there's a literal slot no, machine. No,
0: there's not a literal slot machine in Madden Ultimate Team. Games of chance. There's still packs you can open. Yeah. But like, it's not It's not a literal fucking slot machine. The, the, it's not a literal fucking roulette wheel.
1: The microtransaction industry is evolving in front of our eyes and it's scary. Yeah, and Because uh, it's way worse than it's been, and it was already pretty fucking bad.
0: And lawmakers or the ESA are not going to do anything about it. They, The game industry has clearly shown no sign of wanting to regulate itself. It is going to do this. It is going to keep the train rolling until the government fucks them on it. Yeah. They don't care
1: anymore. Even so, they're just now trying to talk about loot boxes. This is beyond loot boxes.
0: This is way beyond loot boxes. Yeah.
1: I... So they're already behind on it. They're not up to date on it. And that doesn't surprise me because they don't even know what fucking video games are. Probably. They're
0: all fucking old people. Um,
1: well, of course. Yeah. I mean, prominent politicians just a couple weeks ago were saying that video games cause actual real life violence. So yeah. wouldn't surprise me that they don't know what the actual problems involved in video uh, games let's are.
0: Let's take a 16-year-old Fortnite champion and uh, put him in Mitch McConnell's Senate seat.
1: Honestly, can't do a worse job.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. Fine by me. That's what I'm saying. Fine I think can by me. You do a better me. job. You can do a better. Sixteen-year-old Fortnite champion. You got money in the bank. Go be a senator. Now, it's maybe I'm service.
1: maybe I'm speaking too harshly here because your boy Donald Trump has a solution for these microtransactions. Are you ready? Yeah. What if we just shot a nuclear bomb at the microtransactions? <laughs>
0: It's the same way then we stop they would hurricanes. Just dissipate. They would just dissipate. It's the same exact way we stop hurricanes, guys. Obviously, same exact
1: way. I think we should employ a national policy of just shooting a nuke at every problem we have.
0: All right, let's do it.
1: Fallout, New Vegas, here we come. Let's go, boys. It's gonna be lit.
0: I'm ready to die. I hope it's more of
1: a Fallout New Vegas and less of a Fallout. Uh, 76. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the two choices we have. It's still nuclear winter, but is it a good game or not? And those are the only two options we have as a society anymore. Get ready, folks. I hope you vote for the best option. Yes. Welcome mm-hmm. to our comedy show. <laughs> nuclear winter. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome
0: to the Get and Jump Show. That's Get. Hello,
1: I am Zachary Allen
0: Genhart. Well, just putting it all out there. I live in
1: Long Island (laughs) uh, with my wife Amy. And our two daughters. and Oh, wait, no. I was going to quote it, but I actually forget what the actual... I was going to say that everybody loves Raymond opening. Right, yeah. That, but I forget it. I forget, exactly it. What it, was. I no forget re- it. No reason I know exactly what that was because at some point we YouTube, YouTube Yeah, but out. I was about to say what we YouTube pooped, and I ain't saying that shit. So... <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> uh, YouTube poops were an unfortunate era because like, while they were quite funny, it was literally just an excuse to say fucked up things. It was very problematic. Yeah. yeah. And I'm Chubb. <laughs> anyway welcome to show yeah welcome to show it is show
0: time to do show are you ready for show
1: i'm ready for show I, we, we uh last night we watched a little movie called indiana jones and the temple of shit Ooh. and uh it's a movie you know it, it's something. it's been a while it's been a while since i've watched temple of doom yeah.
0: it's the one i've watched the least
1: me too uh, I mean, the I, There's definitely reasons that it's hard to look back on And we'll get into all of them But I, I just want to say it, uh, Like t- oh, <laughs> In the list of films It is aged the worst And I don't mean Indiana Jones films I mean films <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Like
0: Like in a list of like well produced films
1: yeah, or like big blockbusters that everybody and their mom saw. That one has aged probably the worst. It's, now, it's like really Certainly good stuff in it, certainly bad stuff in it. We'll talk about it at the tail end of our show, probably at length, but way more than we talked about Raiders because in my personal opinion there's more to talk about because there's more controversy and there's more stupidity than that movie. Whereas Raiders everybody knows and likes Raiders pretty pretty generally. It's damn near perfect film. It is. It's one of the best movies we've watched on our program. And Temple of Doom's better than, you know, your Terminator salvations and your... Uh, it's definitely more competent. Maybe even your Predators. But, like, I, I, I don't know. It's a mostly competent film. It's competent, but really stupid and really racist. And I don't know where, like, that will affect its placement in the overall and jub canon,
0: if you will. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure that out uh, in, what, 50... 50- Something more episodes,
1: yeah. I, I'm looking <laughs> yeah. forward to that quite a bit. I, I'm keeping track of it on my own with my own opinions on a letterboxed. Uh, I already ranked the indie films, I'm gonna adjust them if like my reviewing of them changes my opinion any. We'll see because uh, after watching this, I poof, it's probably gonna go down a couple pegs from it's, where uh, I had it placed.
0: Bad. There's but even anyway. stuff that
1: I forgot. Oh, we'll oh. Start what you want to talk about?
0: Well, again, have you played anything new? I have. So if you, if you haven't, I'll oh, well, let You we'll go ahead and start while well, I think if I have or not. <laughs> i played two new games. Okay. Two at least. The first one I'll talk about is the, the least new game. Because it's also the one I spent the least time on. I started Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh, got, yeah. I, I sit right here. Got a really cool like reverse cover. Oh, that's actually really nice. It's Toby
1: showed it to me. It has a guess who on the back. Yeah, it has uh, like all the
0: main all, all the all the party members in the game and then the front end that's has cool. Is that's that everybody? Your is that everybody you could fuck on the back? Um, damn near. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: cuz this is the this is the main thing I've heard about this Fire Emblem is that It doesn't uh, have the
0: professors you could fuck.
1: Okay. The main thing I've heard about this Fire Emblem is that it is uh much more of a dating sim and story content game it is, than it's ever been probably it is from what i can what from what i can tell from what i've heard about it
0: out of combat it is so fucking close to persona yeah this is
1: also what i've heard about it which is not a bad thing no I not, not at all
0: persona's got a great system and i don't mind that fire emblem like took it because it works no. well for fire emblem too cool <laughs> um I'm, I'm quite enjoying it so far i named my character Pornhub, which has well, worked out
1: very well for me. when you're fucking i guess that's that's why i did it <laughs> Everybody wants to fuck Pornhub, Professor gonna, Pornhub.
0: I was going to either name my character Pornhub or E-Fucked. And not Bang Bus? Not Bang Bus, no. <laughs> I'm not a Bang Bus. I'm a Pornhub. A hub of porn? Yeah. A bus of I'm bang? Fucking, a hamster we'll go, we'll of X? Fuck teacher with big titties. who The first thing she says to you is, I'm available. She says what she does. She lists off, like, Oof. I'm a professor and I'm, I'm a nurse and I'm available, and you're like, oh, so that's what this game is. Like right off the bat, it's like, okay, this is what this game is. It just tells you, bud. It just e- fucking tells you, e- yowzers. <laughs> it's like, it's like you're fun. going to, you're going to have some cool turn-based strategy combat, but then also you're gonna fuck. Well, you're gonna fuck so much, and I'm like, all right, very good. Hey, man, you gotta do what you gotta do to win the wars. <laughs> Also, I wish my character looked as cool as the characters do on this cover. They're fucking, ha- in, like, I don't know if it's because of the Switch or whatever, uh-huh. but in-game, character's hair is way too bright. It's like a bright blue. What's this game rated? T? I think so. So they can't go yes. too
1: far with anything. No, no. It's, but it, it is dating sim It's no,
0: There's no graphic fucking. You make well, kids. I didn't I, think I, there was going to be. If they go as far as they do, you make kids. But I don't know if they would do in this game. Mm. Because in, like, the previous, I think, two Fire Emblem games, you, it goes, like, there's a time skip. Okay. Yeah, then like the person you romanced, uh, you have kids with them, and other other characters in the game have kids with each other too, and you can use their kids in combat and shit.
1: Oh, so so you literally just gotta fucking make units,
0: yeah, basically for your army. Yeah, after a certain point in the story, yeah. Yike! <laughs> it's fine. <laughs>
1: it's, it's in context. Game. It's fine. It's a game. Whatever. Um, in context it makes sense. I promise.
0: But it's really cool. I that's, I haven't gone very far in it. I'll probably talk about it more. I hear that game
1: is long as fuck. Uh, yeah, get your I'm, money I'm taking it power. slow.
0: I'm taking it so fucking mm. slow. I'm gonna. I, it's kind of what I'm doing, like in between shit. Mm-hmm. Like, if, like I'm hanging out somewhere. I got my Switch with me. I'll bust it out and play Fire Emblem, even though it's really hard to play portable because the text is tiny. Right. Okay. It's a big problem with that. I can't increase the text size, and like, dude, it looks so small on the fucking undocked Switch. <sighs>
1: this is one of the only reasons I'm like kind of considering not getting that only handheld Switch, is that like I have trouble seeing as it is. I feel like I need a TV most of the time to play games. I feel like it would at least be better.
0: You're better off having the option anyway.
1: because you think gonna the be... option sells the Switch more right. than just the games? Like, the games do sell the Switch. I'm not saying that, but, like, the option is the better
0: option. Right, if you're going to pick one, like, pick the regular Switch. It's just a way better thing. But the other game I played, Remnant from the Ashes.
1: I saw your brother play in this, and you, and, mm-hmm. and then him a couple more times, because... You guys playing it a lot, I guess? Or there yeah, is, at least.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, I, I very much enjoy it, but I'll, I'll get into it. It's Dark Souls. It, it's basically, it's like a combination between Dark Souls and Diablo, and then you got guns. But you got guns instead of anything else, and it's All a right. third-person
1: shooter. And you're fighting some uh,
0: some weird tree zombies. I guess. Yeah,
1: some, like kind tree of, uh, some kind of some kind of Lovecraftian kind of bullshit.
0: Yeah, it's fucking the. The, the monsters are fucking weird.
1: I like the creature design a lot. From it's, what it's seen. very well done. Uh, I heard that that game is weird as shit though, because like it's kind of like procedurally
0: generated, kind of to a certain extent. The uh, areas are yeah, it's like the yeah. Th- so what happens is you have you go into the world right, and you're going in between areas and like boss rooms, and then it all links back to this hub world. Well, every area in between your boss areas, like your your main gameplay areas, are all procedurally generated, and. <laughs> Basically, all that does for you is that, like, when you go through it, it just mixes it up a little bit. Because this game has a big co-op component to it. Yeah. And you join your your friend's game and you play with them, but it doesn't progress your game at all. So what they're doing is they're making it so if you go help your friend out and then your friend goes and helps you out, you're having a different experience. Okay. Because your areas are different. You have different creatures in them, have different loot in them, everything. It's very interesting. Yeah, I like the world design a lot. I like the I like the enemy design, the character design. I think it's a little lacking. The characters just kind of look weird, and and then when they talk, like the fucking mouth animation is horrible.
1: This is uh, it's worth mentioning. It's not a AAA game, it's right? A, this uh, is
0: this is sort of like a, a double A game. It's forty dollars. Sure.
1: Yeah. So like, the, if you get what you pay for, and that's cool. I think I'm that's I i do not really
0: care that much about that kind of stuff. I
1: think there needs to be more mid level options for gamers it's kind
0: really? of starting to make a comeback i hope it does because i think thq nordic has a lot to do with it yeah
1: a lot of the remasters and stuff i like that they're cheap i like that they're not 60 dollars because when they are it pisses me off and makes me not want to buy them actively like skyrim when yeah. that happened it was 60 dollars. i was like what the fuck is this shit that game already came out in 2011 why is it 60 what did you add that it makes it sixty? Nothing. When I could go buy the three sixty copy for like ten bucks.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, they didn't add anything.
1: <sighs> These uh those Neverwinter Nights collections and Baldur's Gates collections that are gonna be super expensive coming out soon. Why?
0: It was old games. What
1: purpose? I'm looking forward to that SpongeBob remaster and that destroy all humans remaster. I hope they ain't even close to sixty.
0: Hopefully they're thirty or forty.
1: I would buy it for that. I think medieval is going to be close to that. I'm probably going to buy medieval.
0: Yeah, if medieval keeps up the trend with like the crash and spiring masters. It'll be 40.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's something I would like to talk about as far as games that I've played, actually. Yeah. Unless you got more stuff to say about.
0: I, I do have a couple more things to say about it. Go um, ahead. The shooting gameplay in it is uh, passable. It's fine. Would it be better if it was more traditional? Dark Souls combat. No. I like the fact that it's a shooter. It, it it's what it's what differentiates it from Dark Souls. That's. The thing that that keeps it feeling fresh is that it is also a shooter. It's not. It has a lot of similar mechanics to Dark Souls, where you're like using using iframes on dodge rolls to not get hit. Where you have like these like really difficult big bosses that you're fighting, and like you're you're scrounging you're scrounging for resources, and the, the entire world's very like just gruesome and cruel and i like that kind of system being put into a shooter it's interesting yeah and it's, it's really cool i enjoy it a lot it's really fun in co-op uh co-op also makes the game infinitely fucking harder <laughs> and maybe it's a problem they might end up toting down oh. but yeah every in co-op like every ball bo- like especially like the later game bosses just like become giant fucking damage sponges
1: they scale the damage up like like Cuphead does or something. Yeah, like but right a now? little too much. Oh, okay.
0: And, like they turn up a little too much that we you the two of you putting damage into him, it takes you longer to beat them than if you did it by yourself. Shit. Which is like gotta fix that guys. Come on, <laughs> fix that. <laughs> I want to play co op with my friends. Man. Like it was the same thing where like I helped Josh beat a boss and then I went on my game by myself and beat that same boss and it was so much easier. <laughs> like why? Uh now, it also could be partially because I, my gear was upgraded a little more, because all your stats are pretty much gear-based. Yes. Like, you, you're spending a lot of your, your stuff, like, upgrading your equipment rather than, like, putting a bunch of XP into level-ups, like in Dark Souls. And I always like gear-based systems better, because I like the idea of being able to produce, like, multiple sets of gear, and then just swapping them out, and then you, you can play a different kit. Whereas, like, in Dark Souls, you have to make a whole new character. Right. And I like that. Like, that's something I like that Monster Hunter does really well, is that everything is gear-based. So you could do anything you want. You just need to build and switch to that gear. And this game kind of does a similar thing. But it's really neat. I'm still going through it. I'll probably talk about it one more time when I finish. Sure. And uh, I'll probably be getting a... Probably also be picking up control here soon, and gonna be playing that. I am hearing
1: great things about that. I game. want to
0: play that game so fucking bad, Genhart. That's a uh, remedy, right? Yeah, that's the Alan Wake team. Yeah. What else have they done? Um, they did uh, Quantum Break, that weird game on, the on the Xbox, Xbox.
1: That's like half TV show, half game. Yeah, some people really love that game. Yeah, I've never played it. I mean, I might now that uh, your brother got that uh, good old Games Pass, and that's uh, actually letting me play a lot more games than I would ever. That's, that's
0: the beautiful thing about yeah, Game Yeah, I wish
1: Sony would do something like that. It, it, it really reminds me a lot of Movie Pass in a weird way. I know they both have Pass in the name. Stick with me. I have a reason for thinking this. I watched movies when I had Movie Pass that I would have never went and spent money on at all. But I had Movie Pass, so I went and saw them. I took a chance on things that I wouldn't normally take a chance on for money. And that's kind of a cool thing that Games Pass does. There's lots of games that, like, would I spend money to play them? No. Maybe not. But since they're just there, I will try them out. And I'd kind of do that with the PlayStation Plus games, but it's not as much as what Xbox offers you.
0: Yeah, because Xbox... The cool thing about what Xbox Game Pass is, you open up this screen dedicated to it, and there's just this list. Just yeah. this massive, sprawling list of games. And it, it feels awesome. It feels like you're fucking walking to a goddamn library and taking a book off the shelf. Like, it's, it's very, very nice in that capacity. Now, PlayStation does have something similar in PS Now, but it's nowhere near as good. And it has PS3 games on it, but you have to stream them. And you can only download PS4 games, and their selection is nowhere near as good as... Game Pass selection is. So it's not really worth it. At least I think so. And that's about... And I definitely appreciate Xbox more now than I did before because of things like Game Pass. It's a lot more user-friendly. It's a lot cooler. But yeah, I would try to you know, check out Quantum Break and let me know. If you actually decide to do it again. I might. Because, you know,
1: free. I started playing Halo. Uh, Fuck yeah. See, it's been a bit it's been a bit I yeah. remember goddamn shit from Halo one and two and you don't play and many those are the only shooters I've played and I barely play shooters I'm trying to get a little more into them and a, a little more diversified with like the games I like
0: yeah play some single player shooters man they're I mean, like, shit.
1: basically my favorite game of all time is a shooter it's just an atypical one because it's third person and right weird and slow moving because it's Resident Evil 4 I'm trying to get into it again. Uh, Master Chief Collection is pretty great. It's awesome. Uh, it's really awesome. I'm going to play through all those co-op with, uh, with your brother, Josh, uh, probably pretty soon. We started Halo. We just didn't get too far. Uh, soundtrack is the best part of Halo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's pretty underrated, in my opinion. I mean, I know people talk about it, but like, I don't see it talked about as part of Halo often as like the best part of it. I think it might be. At least with one.
0: It so really far. drives home, like, the the scale of what you're doing in those games.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It does such a good job of creating that atmosphere for you.
1: It's very yeah. atmospheric. It's great. It's yeah. great music. It's
0: Great, great, great score. One of the best in gaming. Yeah. There's some really cool videos on the internet of, like, how it got made and stuff like that that you should check out. That's cool. There's one where the uh, the guy who does the guitar work for that fucking iconic shit. Yeah. And he sits down there, he, and he, like, and what they're doing is they're, like, fucking around. He's like, all right, let, let me let me see what I can add to this, and then he like fucking shreds that shit out. Everybody in the room is losing their mind as he's doing this. And it's really
1: awesome. That was like a famous guitarist. I forget his name. Yeah, yeah. he's cool as shit. Um,
0: but uh, yeah, that happens, and like the entire room like was like, holy shit, this that is was dope.
1: specifically on the Halo Two version of it. Steve, Vai. yes,
0: yeah, Steve Vai. That's Yeah,
1: it. he's awesome. Uh, he is great. I beat a game. I platted a game uh, over the weekend. Well. One third of a game, but it's a whole game. But I don't it, Spyro remastered, <laughs> whatever. It's game, it's game, it's game. I enjoyed it, but I got some gripes with Spyro, just generally speaking. I was, I never played it in the late 90s because I, I, I was a Nintendo 64 kid, I didn't have the PlayStation. So my platformers that I grew up with were Mario 64. Banjo Kazooie, Donkey Kong 64, Banjo Tooie, and eventually conquers Bad Fur Day, which I should not have been playing when I was a child. No, but did anyway.
0: <laughs> I played Doom when I was a kid. And
1: it's like I, I'm gonna actually go out on a limb and say Conker is way fucking worse. Well, it's way more a- adult. Yeah, <laughs> bouncing on a sunflower's tits, killing the poop monster. Yeah. That game had piss before Death Stranding.
0: Kojima's a fucking hack, dude. Good job being a a hack, Kojima. All
1: Hideo Kojima
0: does is steal shit. I can't
1: believe Norman Reedus was just conquer the Squirrel the whole time.
0: He stole the pissing from Conkers. He stole the baby rocking from Yakuza. (laughs) (laughs) He's a fucking hack.
1: (laughs) No, he's a lovely man. I take it it back. I can't wait for Death Stranding. He's literally God. I can't wait to be a glorified postman in an open world. (laughs) It's a remake of Paperboy. We just don't know it yet. I mean, pretty much. Uh, (laughs) So anyway, so I never played Spyro. Spyro's fucking hard. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, certainly there are hard parts in like Banjo-Kazooie. There is. But
0: I don't think this is what PS1 era platformers were.
1: Yeah, they're way harder than the N64 side of things, I think. Yeah, I, I it's just fucking ridiculous. Now, I still platted the game and I did an okay job and I went back and got a lot of stuff. but like there's certain gripes I have where I was just like pretty overly frustrated with certain aspects of the game, particularly the goddamn stupid ass flying levels. Those sucked. They're, they're so fucking hard to control Spyro in those. And you have to hit, like... There's four groups of things you have to hit, and they're scattered all around the fucking level, and you have to, like, kind of come up with a pattern that works. But then you have to execute that pattern flawlessly to get all of them in one go. And it's seems impossible the first time you do it. But then you do it. And then you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did it. But then your excitement is killed immediately because there are three more of those (laughs) levels and they're harder. (laughs) Fuck you Spyro game. I I think it's just like it kind of suffers from your controls being slightly limited so but that ended up being one of its strengths for me because I felt like it made me think a lot more about the puzzles because it's like okay I can only do this thing, this thing, this thing and this thing so I have to be able to do this. And then eventually, of course, I was able to. There's one level that sucks more than any level, and that's treetops. And I think everyone who's played it knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, they do. Charging around and like doing some stupid bullshit pattern of jumping somewhere that you wouldn't think to jump after charging is goddamn stupid. Don't give me a maze. Don't give me an overly hard cryptic puzzle. Just let me play game.
0: Thank you. playing
1: game. And uh so this is a remaster, so there's certain quality of life things that uh are fine and are fixed, but uh a couple that I think they should have implemented. A list of the levels on the start screen. I missed two entire levels, including the first boss of the game, during my playthrough. I killed Nasty Nork and beat the I'm game. G nasty G-nasty. <laughs>
0: Nasty.
1: He <laughs> fuck nasty nork. Uh, <laughs> he uh he uh and and then I got the credits and then it was like, well, I'm not even close to having all the gems to unlock the secret last level. Where are all these gems? And then I look it up because, like, I tried not to use a guide for the majority of my experience, had to for Treetops and a couple other things, but I never looked up, you know, what levels I missed because I didn't think I missed any levels. Turns out I missed two entire levels. One of which was tucked away in the first area, and I didn't even know to go look for it. Uh, there should be a list of the potential levels to go to, so that you know that you didn't miss any. Like literally, there's no reason for them not to. Then, if you go to the start menu and you go to guidebook, I think it was. Yeah. There's a list of all the levels, and it says what percentage of the level you've done. However, if you haven't been to the level yet, that level's not listed. Mistake. List all the levels. Should have had that level listed and said 0%, so I know that, okay, haven't been there yet. I'll look for the entrance. I'm like question marks. Something, something, like there's no reason not to. That was upsetting. And also the end of the game. Uh, fairly easy once you know what you're doing. But frustrating in that Spyro is pretty generous with checkpoints. Because you can go to where, you know, you you last rescued a dragon. And you could use those to your advantage to make good, easy, quick checkpoints for you. But the end of the game has a couple phases. You have to get a key from one of those fuckers that runs away from you. And then you have to do that again. And then you have to chase Nork. And then you have to flame him twice, I think. And then you win. But if you fuck up at any part portion of that process and die, you are back at the beginning... And you have to chase those fuckers again. And it got to the point where I couldn't really learn how to beat the actual Nork part. Because I kept dying before I knew exactly what to do. Yeah. And then I had to do that other part again that's boring. And just a boring prelude to the actual boss fight. Chasing those guys around is not fun. No, it's horrible. Not at at all. I I hated that mechanic of the game. It's just like, get it? You can't fucking catch them. Get it? They're hard to catch. Fuck you. Kill them. (laughs) And I know that I'm like probably sounding like a child, but this is the core audience for the game. (laughs) Yeah, children like you. It's children like me. (laughs) So like that was frustrating, but I platted it. And I'm looking forward to the second one because there's clearly good things about it. And hopefully they expanded upon what was there and made a better sequel because like you know crash bandicoot one i think is still a good game but not nearly as good as as two and three in my opinion it has iconic levels and it's iconic and i get that but two and three i think expanded upon and did more interesting things with the concept and were better games overall i think personally So hopefully, Spyro does that for me. I don't know. I'm enjoying my uh, ride through some classic games here. Considering looking into the Jack and Daxter series once I'm done with Spyro. Actually, that's a, that's a blind spot for me. They're good games. Also, Ratchet and Clank. These Ratchet are two Clank that are that have been blind spots for me for a long time. I'm thinking of looking into.
0: Is there a Ratchet and Clank collection on PS4?
1: I don't think so. This is a harder one to actually get into. Yeah. There's the remake, so I might just play that one. But I mean, then I, really past cool. that, like I don't think they've ever done a collection. I think they should, because a lot of those games are supposedly pretty excellent and worth replaying, so.
0: Oh yeah, quite a few of them, actually.
1: I I wish they would. Uh, Speaking about Spyro leads me to uh, a topic I'd like to talk about. Yeah, hit me up. Which is Crash Team Racing again. Oh boy. Because they're adding Spyro to it in a couple days, or actually the day we upload this, it'll be out. Spyro, the furry guy, I don't remember his name, he's from Spyro 2, I ain't played that one yet. And Nork. Fuck Nasty Nort, uh, are all going to be playable characters. And there's a new Spyro course and uh, new carts and everything coming to Crash Team Racing on Friday. And I'm excited about that. But something that kind of sucks again with Crash Team Racing that I noticed they did is. Uh, so I've talked about it before, but if you're not familiar, there's two currencies in Crash Team Racing. There's Wampa Fruit. Which is used to buy shit in the store. And then there's Nitro. And this is just stuff you get by doing little challenges in the monthly events. When you do those challenges, you earn that Nitro. And you can increase the amount you earn by wearing select gear for your cart and using select characters. Usually the ones involved with the event. As you unlock them, then you you can increase to like an additional 50% of Nitro earned for everything you do. And you get it for everything you do, but if you do select challenges, you'll get more of it. I've never found it really hard to fill the meter all the way. The meter is 40,000, and you unlock stuff as you go. Uh, Fulfill certain amounts, you'll unlock certain items that are exclusive to it. Uh, The only really important one is a character in the event is usually blocked behind it. Yeah. Uh, behind like 10,000, which is actually fairly easy to accumulate. Maybe yeah. it's even 5,000. I've never had a problem getting it to 4,000. I think the last time I, I ended with like 57,000 or something without even trying after a certain point. That's not bad. But I can understand how it could be an issue for some people who miss out on unlocking certain things and they're like, well, that sucks. That I don't have an option to when the event's over. Here's something that Hack Division did that is poopy. For those select people,
0: guess what you can do? Buy them.
1: You can fill up your nitrometer all the way if you pay some Wampa Coins to do it. Jesus fucking Christ. They did Now, here's the secret, Jusby. It's a lot of Wampa Coins. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, that store looks awfully tempting, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking forward to that. Now, they didn't implement this until the event was over. I hope they continue that. I don't want them to just, like, at the start of the spiral event, go like, "Hey, just spend 10 bucks right now and you'll fill the fucking meter." because then everybody will have the fucking cool shit, and I'll be like, Ugh, grinding. Yay." And then I'll just die. <laughs> yeah, you already gave them their fucking money. Of course. So that sucks. Crash continues to find new ways to irritate me, and this is a little one, but uh, you know, this is game. this is the game that I'm playing probably the most right now. Because it's It's designed uh, to be a grind fest. It's no NBA 2K20. No, it's fine compared to that one. It's not good, but it's fine compared to that one. That's how bad that one is. Yeah. Thankfully, I'm not playing that. Thankfully, I'm not addicted to that. I'd rather be addicted to a fun kart racer game that I can listen to music and podcasts to while I play it. Uh, I'd rather be addicted to that. That's fine by me. That's fine. It's a time waster a bit. But every game is, because uh, video games were a mistake, and we, we should be punished by God for playing them. Yep.
0: <laughs> Fucking sinners.
1: What happened in the world this week, Jusby? Besides, you know, our continued existence being hellish, and Spider-Man being like, I don't know who owns me anymore. Yeah, I'm
0: not even gonna get into that
1: shit. We talked about it last week.
0: I don't give a fuck, but a D23 happened.
1: Uh... Yes, it did. The good news that came out of that, in my opinion, Marvel announced a couple new shows that I guess will be part of Phase 5. She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, and Moon Knight. Oh, shit. That's dope. My dude, Moon Knight, about to go fucking beat the shit out of Dracula. He owes him money. (laughs) He's out for revenge. (laughs) I hope that these shows are good. I've been seeing a lot of... uh, what do you call them? Piss babies, uh, mm-hmm. complaining about certain things. So, uh, if you're not familiar, Miss Marvel is a female character who is a Muslim American. Yes. Uh, she Hulk is a female character. Uh, Miss Marvel is fairly recent, but She Hulk has been around since the 80- the seventies or eighties. And there are people who claim to be real Marvel fans and real comic book fans. Who are decrying this character as if it was a new creation. That's weird. As if this, as if Marvel is turning the Hulk into a woman now before our very eyes. As if like this somehow means the Hulk will cease to exist. I, I don't understand it. She-Hulk has been around for decades and decades and is a pretty fairly different character from the Hulk. <sighs> I, I, I don't understand it. Uh, I'm excited for all of those shows. Provide an opportunity to be different and unique for the MCU. I am not excited for Disney to become our new overlords, as it appears they are becoming.
0: Oh, yeah, very with, much uh, so. It's worse than that. Disney everybody.
1: Plus having about everything under the horizon and having a Hulu connection where you can get Hulu and Disney Plus, and it's It's interesting. At the very least, Netflix stands a good chance to compete. Because it has some great stuff. Uh, Which I would like to talk about a couple of those if you don't have anything else you want to talk about. Guzby.
0: I'm looking. Oh, the mobile game Pokemon Masters came out.
1: Is it good?
0: Oh, uh... Is it shit? Nobody can get in.
1: Oh. Alright, so it's good. So, I watched a couple, uh... Cratoons on the Netflix, Jusby. Sorry, what? I watched a couple Cratoons on the Netflix, Jusby. Oh, yeah, you go ahead with that. Uh, I won't spoil them for you. I recommend you watch them. I want to really bad. Uh, well, I'll spoil a couple things because you've probably already heard certain things via the internet because it's been pretty impossible to avoid. Uh, Rocco's Modern Life, Static Cling, and Invader Zim Enter the Florpus. Both came out Uh, to Netflix pretty close to each other. These have been specials that uh, have been announced and talked about and uh, allegedly done and completed for a long time, and Nickelodeon decided to dump them on Netflix instead of actually airing them on their network. And I have a couple theories as to why that is, which I'll get to in a bit. Uh, I'll talk about Rocco first. Rocco was pretty good. I was never... That invested in Rocco's Modern Life, but every time I saw it, it made me laugh and I enjoyed it. This new special is very interesting because it decides to look at modern life as it is actually now and isn't just a throwback to the 90s. It goes ahead and has a contrived plot device where the characters were in a spaceship for the better part of 20 years and then they come back to Earth and see, you know, the smartphones... And the Starbucks and all the shit that is modern life now. Yeah, and then it gets really meta because the plot revolves around Rocco uh, wanting to watch his favorite show, The Fatheads, or The Big Heads. The Big Heads are the Big Heads. who they're ba- who it's based on. Yeah, although that's not explicitly stated. That's like the joke, uh, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yes. Uh, he wants to watch The Fatheads, and The Fatheads isn't on TV anymore. So he proposes a reboot. Of the fat heads, so it gets a little meta because of that, and then we get into uh, the thing about the special that is being most talked about. I don't know if you've seen anything about it, but uh, a little bit, yeah. I'll get into it here. Uh, there's a character on the show, the uh, the big head's son, Ralph Bighead, who, in the span between the show being off the air went to find themselves and is now Rachel Bighead. And this actually works to the special's advantage because it's about change and change not being a bad thing or a thing to be avoided, but a thing to be embraced. And the message of a trans character actually works quite well in going hand-in-hand with this message. And it ends up being, in my opinion, pretty solid and takes a character that on Rocco's Modern Life was uh very upset and screaming all the time and kind of not okay with their lot in life and turns them into an extremely calm character like like actually finding who they are kind of like changed their character completely yeah which makes a lot of sense right. and works really well paired with the concept of change it works It all works, is basically what I'm trying to say. I'm probably repeating myself. But, of course, the internet is the internet and is going like, you ruined my Rocco show with your politics. Not realizing that they themselves are uh, feeding into... What is overall the message of the show? Which is that, you know, we need to change even if we don't understand certain things. Even if we at first think these things are not good. And uh, people are stupid and resist it. Resist it so hard that they become ignorant pieces of shit. Uh, And that's the entirety of uh, the shithead side of the internet's response to Rocco. Thankfully, there is enough people that appreciate it and like it. I'm certainly one of those. Uh, the Invader Zim movie has a lot less uh, baggage as far as uh, shitty people talking about it goes. It's excellent. I loved it. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. I've al- I've loved Zim since uh, day one. I watched the first season on Nickelodeon as it aired, and and the whole time I was just flabbergasted as to how this was on television let alone on Nickelodeon and rated TV Y seven. Like Zim was taking kids organs out of their bodies and replacing them with fucking furnaces and shit. Like (laughs) that show was fucking insane. He took the eyeballs out of a kid's head (laughs) and they showed it. Uh, That shit was wild. Uh, This special Unlike Rocco, which is entirely about the concept of change, Zim is kind of the opposite, and it actually completely feels like it came out in 2002 right at the end of Invader Zim's run. Except for the animation quality, it feels like it could have came out back when it first came out. Hmm. And it is good for a show to change and evolve over time, but Zim was a show whose lifespan got cut off Really short, in my opinion, so it not changing and evolving isn't really a problem to me because it never really got to get to the point where it needed to. Yeah, Uh, It's just as funny as it was. It's entirely based around screaming and yelling, and if that's not your cup of tea, you're probably not going to like it, (laughs) but I think it's just excellent. It's completely zany, and every character is a stupid piece of shit, basically, (laughs) So, may, yeah, your mileage may vary on that, depending on what your sense of humor is. I thought it was uh, gorgeously animated. It looks sharper than the original series. The music was great. The jokes were great. I, I was very pleased with it because it feels like it just came right out of 20 years ago and then just plopped on our doorstep now for whatever reason. Uh, I hope that's not it for Zim. Rocco really feels like it could probably exist as the end of that show, as the actual finale of that show, and be fine, because its finale was more about how that show is over, and the concept of change is a big part of that show now, as with its ending. Uh, Zim, I feel like, could probably continue and be fine, because unlike Rocco, not many of the characters have changed. Or been altered in any way. So, it, it definitely feels like it could continue. I don't know the numbers on Netflix because Netflix doesn't report their numbers. I don't know if it's doing well. Certainly, I'm seeing some people talk about it and say it's good. I don't know what the chances are that they continue either of these properties. No, probably not. Zim was already a weird one anyway to even come back because it got, like, canceled in the middle of its second season on nickelodeon so it's hard to say like whether they would even want to fucking do it again certainly not on nickelodeon no there's nothing like content wise that wouldn't fly on nickelodeon in the special i think it'd be fine but i do have to question why they decided to put these on netflix in the first place and not on their network itself Maybe the argument could be you get more eyes on it that way, less people are watching network television. But I have a feeling that Nickelodeon wanted to try and avoid some of the
0: quote unquote politics of it. That wouldn't surprise me one bit. Uh, I think also their target audience for those things, uh, you know, like you were saying, are older now. Don't watch Nick anymore. Yes. They would to watch those, though. Right, yeah, I would say so, yeah.
1: Uh, but in the case of Rocco, I, I got to get really suspicious, man, because I remember Cora. And I remember them going ahead and putting Cora on the internet instead of actually airing it on their network. Right. And then Cora ends with
0: her her, her
1: kissing a girl.
0: Her, her coming and out. And that, that can't
1: be on our television network, Jusby. Nope, not at all. Can't have it. Nope. So can't uh, piss off
0: the evangelical Christians.
1: Can't have the trans character be on television either. Apparently. It makes me suspicious. And then Zim was always something that they didn't want to be on TV even when it was on TV. Oh, no,
0: God, no. So,
1: like, I, I was surprised that it lasted more than three episodes. I think the second episode had the kid eyeball bit, and I was yep. genuinely shocked. In a good way. It was terrifying, dude. <laughs> In a good way. Oh, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Zim has legendary episodes. I miss that show. I might give it a rewatch. This like, that's, that's when you know you had a really good reboot. When it actually just makes you want to watch the old one again, too. Like, it does, and not in like a bad way. Like, not like, man, I don't like new Star Wars. I want to watch old Star Wars <laughs> right. or anything like that. It, it made me like, you know, it's all part of it. It all works together as one big thing now, and I'm glad they all exist.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and Rocco, too. Uh, I, I don't know. I think they're doing a Rugrats thing. That's going to suck shit. I don't like Rugrats anyway, in the first place.
0: Rugrats is fascinating, you know. I'm just not a big fan of it. I don't know. I I never liked it. My girlfriend's obsessed with it. Okay. And uh, so, and she usually puts it on at night when we're laying down for bed. And so, I've watched a lot of Rugrats in like the last year. Okay. And uh, I don't know, man. They're, it's it's so that show is really hot and cold. Where I can see that sometimes it has like some great like snide social commentary going on in it and then like then it's like a dumb baby
1: cartoon I will say when it's good it's good but mm-hmm. it's often a dumb baby cartoon and I don't like it right uh, I think it leans too heavily into get it they said the words wrong humor which right. only goes so far yeah then they just. I think it's again. a tired hackney joke if it goes too long maybe I'm hypocritical because I like all the times that characters yell in invader zim
0: but they yell in different
1: ways <laughs> Do they? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to say. Um, check those out if you haven't yet.
0: They're no, excellent. I will be watching them very soon. So, are you ready to move on to...
1: Oh, that's right. We have to talk about Indie. something I don't recommend you watch. Nope. But it's on Netflix. <laughs> <Aye>. <laughs> at least for a bit. Do you think they'll put this on Disney Plus, Juzme? It's a little dark. Yeah. It's a little fucked up.
0: Yeah, it'll go on there. But yeah,
1: put it's rated PG. Uh, no, they got to rate it PG 13 if they put it on Disney Plus. They'll probably do that too. Yeah. Do you think. Can you,
0: like, re. Yeah Rate
1: see. a movie I wouldn't see why not They never did though With this It's still PG
0: Yeah no. know
1: uh, They didn't change The ratings of uh, This and Gremlins Were the two movies That came out In 84 I believe Yeah That uh, Sparks the whole debate About PG-13 And uh, Eventually created it The following year But They themselves Are still PG movies they didn't change the ratings, so...
0: Something, something, preserve old film. <sighs> Reading it all.
1: I, speaking of preserve old film...
0: Don't preserve this one.
1: <laughs> no, I think you should. Yeah. Uh, if nothing else, as a reminder of what not to do in certain things, like when portraying cultures.
0: Maybe do some, uh, some research? Mm, maybe. <laughs> Perhaps... You should. Indiana Jones at the Temple of Doom, okay? Uh-huh. Is a movie. Let me mm-hmm. sum it up for you real quick. Ready? Yeah. Then we can go in depth afterwards.
1: I would like to go through this movie. I know we didn't do it with Raiders, but I think there's enough to talk about in terms of us complaining and that makes a good podcast in my opinion. So we should go through it beat by
0: beat as well, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is a movie about Indy, a really annoying bitch, and a really annoying bitch. (laughs) Wow. Going around. You talking shit on my boy Short Round? Yeah, watching... They go around and watch incredibly racist stereotypes unfold in front of their eyes while they act like a bunch of fucking assholes. And that's the whole movie.
1: Short Round is based. Don't you dare talk shit. He can drive a car. Uh-huh. He can almost form sentences. No, like okay, here's the thing. Conceptually that character is really racist, but I love that kid. That kid's great. I love that kid. He's also in The Goonies the following year and then he's like barely in anything else ever again. Um he's great. I think he helps sell a lot of it, although his written dialogue is racist as shit because it's written like, you know, without contractions and things (laughs) like, like it's half written. Yeah. It's like when it's like that opening scene from the office where Kevin was like, uh, omitting words from his speech to save time. (laughs) Me no do good job. Me do great job. Like that kind of shit. Yeah. That sucks. Don't do that. That's really racist. No, but he does some cool things. And I appreciate the actor.
0: There's a lot of actors I appreciate in this movie.
1: Uh, Harrison Ford, Chief among them. He's still pretty good. He works really well with what he's given. There's a couple laughable moments. Like, we were laughing specifically about when he says, We are going to die. And he does a frowny face.
0: <laughs> he, like, he pulls his face back in. <laughs> it's pretty solid. It's, it's so it's funny. Okay, so Indiana Jones at the Temple of Dick. Mm-hmm. Starts off... Dick Temple. Yeah. Yeah. Big Dick Temple. Yes. Starts off in
1: China? Shanghai! Yeah. At Club Obi-Wan.
0: What a reference. God. <laughs> How clever of you. The movie kicks off with a fucking musical number. Oh, yeah. I See,
1: I completely blacked this out of my head. It's so bad. Uh, I didn't remember that this was a thing. It's weird because it's like... Chinese musical, but then it's like... Anything Goes is like the title and the tagline of it.
0: Well, yeah, that happens But then all lot. the rest
1: of it is Chinese. That happens
0: a lot of the time with foreign music. That's fine.
1: I, I get it, that's but as regret. the opening of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, is it good? I, I say no.
0: I any kind of movie with that because it has nothing to do with the movie.
1: This entire opening doesn't have anything to do with the movie. And you could argue that the other two Indiana Jones movies start this way, but this is the least interesting of them. I think the opening to Raiders has a lot to do with it because it introduces Indy himself. Yeah. And introduces Belloc as well. And introduces his phobia of snakes, which comes into play later. It serves to set up future events. Yep. This really doesn't No it doesn't. It's really. it's just like its own little film and it's not particularly a good one. It's kind of whack.
0: The only thing it's used for is to uh shoot to give us our female
1: protagonist. It introduces to... our new sidekicks and reintroduces Indy. Yep. Which isn't hard to do. You just show them. We already know who Indy is. It's a sequel. Right. Uh introducing short round I guess is important if he's your new sidekick and introducing the new female is important if she's going to be a prominent character. I think the problem is the side characters in this one suck as opposed to like what like Marion and Sala in the first one. They were great. Great. Yeah, they were great uh, particularly Marion we didn't talk about her a whole lot last week but uh, she's really good but this character is just
0: you know, watching Temple of Doom makes you appreciate her even more uh,
1: this is Kate Capshaw Playing Willie Scott. She is conceptually designed to be the opposite of Karen Allen's Marion Ravenwood. So, yeah, she is a worse character because it was designed to be that way. I think this is a bad idea, though.
0: Horrible idea. No. It's not a good counterpart to Indiana Jones.
1: <laughs> no, I, I think the more rough and tumble character of Marion was a better counterpart to him, and you could have funner dialogue. This, they just argue the whole movie and seem to despise each other but also seem to want to fuck but then also despise each other and, like, I, I just don't think that's a good dynamic. Uh, even Kate Capshaw said, and I quote, that her character was, quote, not much more than a dumb screaming blonde. Yeah, really. End quote. Uh this movie has a much darker tone in general. And I think the negative portrayal of a woman can also be explained by what I'm about to say. Uh, The darker trone, the darker trone (laughs) the fucking tone of the movie uh, by Spielberg's own admission and Lucas's own admission has been attributed to them breaking up with their significant others. Before the filming of this movie. Oh boy. Spielberg broke up with his girlfriend and Lucas got divorced. And allegedly this led to them kind of admittedly of their own accord being edgy as shit. And creating a much darker, more fucked up indie movie than the previous one. I think it's also pretty obvious that the female character that they create for him to hang out with is an obvious bitch. And an obvious foil for all the jokes in the movie. And it makes me a little suspicious <laughs> that they were like, fucking bitch, gonna break up with me? I'm George Lucas. I'm gonna, I'll i show you. I'm gonna write you a part in this movie here. Ugh, Indy, I'm scared of bugs. Uh. <laughs> I, I feel like this might have been what happened. This is just speculation on Genhart's part. But I put it forth nonetheless.
0: <laughs> I accept it as evidence. <laughs>
1: I present it to you. Objection! I. I thought, <laughs> what the fuck? It's not good. It's not great. It's not yeah. a great look. Uh, and and even when, when the person playing the character
0: is like, uh, Is like,
1: this sucks, you yeah. know it's pretty bad.
0: Uh huh. Um, <sighs> so we get. So yeah, we get an introduction of those two characters in a scene where. Uh, and he's trying to get some sort of, like, diamond from this lad.
1: Uh, this isn't, yeah, but also, like, lad. uh, Mom, they be. give him some remains of some person. Yeah,
0: they give him the remains a of an ancient guy.
1: not established MacGuffins that don't matter later. Thanks. Like
0: Yeah, they don't matter, like, five minutes later. Like, sure, the,
1: the idol in the first movie doesn't either, but, like, we know what happens to it. Belloc, take it. And then sell it. And that's fine. That's all we need to know. Uh, This, we don't even know what the fuck we're talking about before just, like, chaos breaks loose and shots are ringing out and Indy's poisoned and trying to fucking get the antidote.
0: It's getting all kicked around. Yeah. And then girl grab antidote. Indy grab girl. Mm Mm-hmm. Go by. Crash out of the window.
1: Landon, short round, driving the car. car, <laughs> And uh, he says, you know, no time for love, Dr. Jones. And other such hit lines. <laughs> uh, and we speed away in a chase sequence. I, I, if I remember right, there's a dumb bit where Indy's like, here, hold my gun, and it's hot. So Willie's like, ah! And then drops the gun out of the window. And she's like, oh, I got burned and broke a nail. And Indy just like is like, you not, he doesn't say that but like that's basically <laughs> the entire dynamic of these characters in this movie it oh, yeah. sucks she's just like oh, oh I broke a nail oh, I'm a useless bitch and, and Indy's like you're a useless bitch yeah, he's like Fuck. we are going to
0: die
1: frowny face
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I really I hope I could find that scene isolated I'll put it on I mean, the twitter I also want to like
0: Fuck
1: with it video editing <laughs> that would be pretty, pretty great. I hope we can find it uh so you may not notice i I don't remember if this movie has a year at the beginning. I think it says Shanghai and then it says the year if I remember correctly I
0: don't remember.
1: but I don't um temple of doom's technically a prequel, even though it's a sequel. why? I will attempt to explain, oh boy. given the knowledge I have available to me, but it does not explain shit. It takes place one year before Raiders in the year 1935, Raiders taking place in 1936. Uh, this is because George Lucas didn't want to feature Nazis as the villains again. Now, Jusby, you may note here that Nazis also existed in the following years. 1937. 1938 1939 1940 I can keep saying years until I get to 2019 Right. (laughs) I don't know what George Lucas is talking about it could have took place in 1936 and been fine you don't have to have Nazis in it where would they even come into play in the plot I don't think they would you're in China and India I don't know man You'd be dealing with different different shit entirely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially the part of India that they were at. Not to mention
1: that making this a prequel contradicts certain elements from Raiders. We've kind of talked about that already. Where, like, Indy's skepticism doesn't make any sense about right. the paranormal or the religious. In Raiders, when clearly in this movie he deals with a fucking awful lot of it, he's getting fucking voodoo dolled, possessed... He sees a fucking heart ripped out of a man's chest, and he's living still. Yeah, and then he's like, uh, and he calls on the power of fucking Shiva at the end of the film to save the day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but
0: then he's like, oh, the Ark of the Covenant don't do shit. It's just fairy tales. Indy becomes a devout Hindu.
1: Yeah, and then he's like, that Christianity is bullshit, though. That would have been a better option. And then, and
0: then a Nazi's face melts, and he's like. I'm a
1: devout Christian. I, and then he's like, I don't know what the fuck to believe. Every god real. I'm going to practice Shinto. That way I can just be like <laughs> it's all Greek to me. I don't know. Every religion, every religion completely true, including uh the one with the aliens where uh that guy on the history channel says it was aliens in the pyramids with the Aztecs. Yes. Uh, and then, then that's like a that's a real one too as we find out in a couple weeks from now. With uh, the crystal dick,
0: <laughs> kingdom of the crystal dick,
1: kingdom of my crystal asshole. Ooh.
0: So after a big debacle with big with big Chinese boys, <laughs> our heroes escape onto a plane. Look,
1: we gotta mention the weirdest fucking cameo of all time before we get there. Oh yeah, yeah. why is Dan Aykroyd in this movie? I don't know it's great. What? But like what? <laughs> he's there, man. He's just there, and he's like, "Hi, I'm Weber." <laughs> Get on this plane Get on plane I'm Dan Aykroyd I got paid to be Dan Aykroyd Here you go Mr. Jones Bye bye I'm Dan Aykroyd And then he's gone from the film Buy my skull vodka (laughs) Hey Oh my god We found the connection Fuck Crystal skull He made the Dan Aykroyd is one of the aliens Yep he He sure is He did it He made the crystal skulls Dan Aykroyd They were designed to contain vodka Of the purest distillation (laughs) Dan Whoa. Aykroyd, we are,
0: we are claiming that you are an alien, and if you'd like to refute he's not that, human. go ahead and tweet us. He <laughs> could be a ghost. I'm afraid of no Dan Aykroyd,
1: though. So no, whatever. Are what, you screaming me? It depends. If he's in that one movie, uh, uh, with Chevy Chase, where he's like a gross pimple man, I really oh. forget Big Trouble or something like that. It's a. It's, I don't remember the name of that movie. It's a weird one. Anyway, Dan Aykroyd's an insane person. So we get on a plane. The plane is owned by the evil Chinese man in question who's chasing Indy across the town, but Indy don't know it. So they're planning to uh, wait until our gang of Indy short round and Willie, who is just tagging along for some reason that I don't understand why. (laughs) I don't know, bud. Uh, It's, it's not really established. Well, The the flyers of the plane, the pilots. Yes, those guys. (laughs) Uh, Those guys that fly the plane. What are they called? Pilots. They are about to parachute out of that plane and just leave them to die in the air, which kind of seems kind of counterintuitive when they're already there sleeping. like You can just shoot Indy in the head, and then the other two ain't going to give you much trouble because it's just uh, an annoying woman and then a small Asian child. So you could just throw them out of the plane. I feel like I'm being violent, but I'm trying to think as these
0: henchmen would. But it would make cool actions. They go like, <laughs> whoa, play crash. We're going to crash.
1: Whoa. Oh, yeah, we get the great line, you know, uh, where he grabs the <laughs> he grabs the raft and uh, Willie goes, we're not sinking. We're crashing. I tried to uh, not scream as loud as she did. I uh, subdued myself, and you should be thankful for that because <laughs> Thank she you. like went in on saying that line, and it was annoying. <laughs> so anyway, they fucking fucking raft out of the
0: plane. My God, it looked horrible. Uh, oh, it aged bad. Yeah. Like, we're supposed to shit out of Raiders. A lot of the
1: action sequences in this movie were written for Raiders, uh, escaping from a crashing plane, uh, the minecart segment, I believe, and uh, also I think maybe the thing on the bridge. I'm not certain, but uh, I'm sure they had more of a cohesive point than uh, this movie kind of has them, and like, they're just there to be there. In a lot of ways. Set pieces. Yeah. Which, like, the minecart one is pretty great, to be honest. But, uh. It's the one that fits the most. This one kind of just sucks. I, I. It's really implausible and really stupid. And I know this is, you know, we're not dealing with, you know, planet Earth here. It's Indiana Jones. I understand. But. God, it's dumb that yeah, they just they it just inflates in the air real quick and then it just lands and they're fine and they don't have any broken bones and then they just go and then they fall down off
0: another cliff and then they're just fine. It looks dumb, it sounds dumb, and yeah. it's not good at all.
1: So uh they come across a mysterious figure. And Willie goes, Ah, uh, because it's a brown man and she's never seen one of those before. <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> I found it really weird that it was just like set up. Like it was just like, whoa! Who's, what's this gonna be? She screamed at it as an Indian guy. Are you fucking w- kidding me? What the fuck is that, man? Come on. <laughs> so uh, he lives. He's like the shaman or what have you. Uh, this movie doesn't actually have anything to do with actual Indian people. No, or culture. Not at all. Uh, it's just. No holds barred, imaginary brown people in this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't
0: know. It's really. They should really
1: have bad. just made up a country. It would have been less offensive if they did. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with them inventing a country, because that takes away a lot of the controversial elements of this movie. Actually, yes. Short round's still in it though, so that's still problematic. Oh, quite. But unfortunately, no, this is just straight up India. We're in India. Have fun with that in knowledge. Uh, Indian people who had to see this movie in the 80s and go like, what the fuck? Great, now white people are going to think this is how we are. All Kali Ma and shit. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. Uh, is a village of starving people. But don't worry, starving children... White savior Harrison Ford is here, <laughs> and he's going to go get them sacred stone back for you.
0: Get your rock.
1: Get your rock back to uh, save your town. Uh, although it's it's suggested that Indy might just want it for fortune and glory. Obviously, he makes the correct decision by the end of the film. But uh, I like that at least we have that harder-edged Indiana Jones still where, like, you know... Does he want the Ark of the Covenant for the money he can make from it? Maybe.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it belongs to the museum.
1: I don't know. He was saying fortune and glory here, though. Yeah. Although this is a darker indie than we're used to, because he's a dickhead in this movie. Big dick. All right, friendo. What happens next in this piece of shit film?
0: So, so in Indian village like, indie help. Please help get Rock back. Mm-hmm. He like. Okay, I want Rock. I'll go get Rock.
1: I want a rock Rock
0: Ba-ba-da-da. Ba-ba-da-da. I want this rock Rock Ba-ba-da-da. And so they all get on So our heroes prepare for their journey to Via elephant Via elephant mm-hmm. Cause you know Cause India We're in India elephants. <laughs> elephants.
1: And uh Your girl Willie Being annoying as shit having trouble. Great uh great seg- segment where she's uh thinks she grabbed towel. It's bat run around and then run into like a snake and spiders. Oh, Jesus Christ. A monkey, Hitler, just like everything that's in the jungle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh it, it's a stupid segment. Pete Townsend. <laughs> He's doing the slide just in the, <laughs> just through the jungle. And she's like, ah! Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Before we get too much further, I, I do want to bring something up. So, as you may remember from last week, uh, and I have an actual quote here supporting this uh, George wanted three movies for Spielberg to make and was like, Don't worry, Steven, I have the scripts. Steven was like, okay. But here's this quote from Steven Spielberg himself. George said if I directed the first one, then I would have to direct a trilogy. He had three stories in mind. It turned out George did not have three stories in mind, and we had to make up subsequent stories. So what did they think of first before settling on the Temple of Doom, Jusby? I'm glad you asked yeah, Jusby secret hidden away land of lost dinosaurs, a lost world, if you will, uh, that almost happened
0: breaking news, oh no, sorry, I sorry to what you. happened? Yakuza seven was just announced,
1: oh shit, this is relevant to Jusby's interests, seven huh. What? That's not a Yakuza game. Yep. That's different. What the fuck? It's what? Like
0: 2020 it comes out. But yes. Here here's the exact quotes. Let me bring it up for you. Okay, okay. sure. At least coming from the the conference that this was announced. Okay. Me character of this game loves games. Such as Dragon Quest. Uh, the game will be watershed for the Yakuza franchise. It has a Com- it says the, the battle system is based on command inputs it's a turn based game huh um, yeah it'll be out January 16th for in Japan and then later in 2020 probably summer for the US
1: that's different okay
0: I am confused but also a little excited
1: that's very different for this franchise See what which has been primarily a beat em up rpg.
0: Yeah. We'll see how they handle
1: it. Wild. I guess you could still have the same shit just when you go into battle it's turn based instead. Right. Interesting. Um so anyway, Justin, back to indie. Their uh their f- first ideas were a secret dinosaur lost world. I'm really glad they didn't go My that route because 1984 special effects Do not really scream out and say that there should be dinosaurs wandering around. That would have been really strange. Yeah, that idea came to fruition in Jurassic Park, I guess. (laughs) And also... Much later. I shit you not, a haunted Scottish castle. (laughs) There was... Which... I guess out of
0: those, Temple of Doom is probably the best idea. (laughs)
1: Well, these are less racist, assumedly. Um, well, who knows? The I Devil of Doom could have been less racist. <laughs> it really could have. It could stand to be less racist. You're right. Um, Steven Spielberg turned down the Scottish Castle idea because he was currently helming Poltergeist. And uh, was worried it was going to be too similar. Uh, good. I, I'm glad they didn't go with either of those options, I suppose. What happened next? Where are we at in the movie? They're about to go to the Temple of Doom. They're on their way to the temple. Yeah. and we don't know it's the Temple of Doom. We just know it's the temple, I guess. We know there's some bad shit going on, but they put on a good uh, facade for the people visiting, I suppose. As opposed to the deep, dark, evil cult minds that we eventually see underneath the temple itself. Stop. What are you doing?
0: <laughs> okay, but well, what are you doing? That. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at more stuff about Yakuza. I'm sorry. All right. It's distracting. I bet. Put my phone down. All right. Is this where we eat dinner? This is where we eat dinner. Yes, they are welcome with open arms into the temple. And they're like, "All right, we're gonna sit down and talk." The nice prime minister man and a British person. Yep, they uh, Uh, our protagonists get dressed up a little better. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Willie's like, "Ooh, maybe this isn't so bad." They have jewelry, and I'm just like, "Ooh, I hate this." (laughs) Speaking of, I hate this. This dinner scene is so fucking insulting. It is so bad. It might be the most racist part of the movie. It might be. So, uh, it's, you know, it's well known, but I guess, you know, hey, they bring out the snake surprise, big old snakes, and they cut the snakes open, and there's more snakes in them, and then they eat them whole. This guy's like, snake surprise, and then eats the snakes whole. And then they bring out bugs, big giant bugs, and they're peeling off the... Shells and eating the bugs and and then like, you know, Willie's like, Can I just get a soup? And then they bring out the soup and it has whole ass giant eyeballs in it. And she's like, uh oh. and then it's like dessert and it's fucking monkey
0: heads. Frozen monkey brains. Shield monkey brains. Yeah, what the fuck? What is this bullshit? Have they have any of the people who wrote this script? Ever had Indian cuisine? No. Have they ever ate food in India?
1: No. There's no way. So to maybe explain a they bit about
0: eat pastries for dessert.
1: <laughs> yeah, oddly enough, they're uh, quite normal. They eat things that we. What eat. it's like? People uh,
0: just eat. Yeah,
1: like people. people don't uh, eat live snakes usually. I, I've, I've found.
0: Oh, weird. Yeah. But, uh, so... See, Indiana Jones at the Temple of Doom has framed my viewpoint on the world. Yeah, I, I <laughs> thought Indians
1: were like this my whole life. This is clearly what Indians are like, Justin. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, they are hysterical. They're either Ram or Apu. Those are the two Indians that we know. That's it. <laughs> As white people, those are the two, and that sucks. <laughs> that sucks so bad. They've they've really got a bad, a bad uh, deal. Yeah, out of uh, popular culture, Th- that just sucks. Well, popular culture made by white people, I should say. Um, there's good versions of their society now, in certain aspects of pop culture. Thank fuck, but uh, really sucks that those were the only two. Uh, real prominent things for a long time and uh, I completely understand why any uh, Indian people would be really mad about this they should be they were we'll get to that a little later oh boy uh, so we uh, we go to bed
0: yeah, and we go uh, to sleep
1: this is the not fuck scene that's really annoying, if I remember right. Yeah,
0: they're like, yelling at each other like, huh, you won't fuck me. And he's like, no, you won't fuck me. And then she's like, nah, indeed, you won't <laughs> fuck me. He's like, I ain't gonna fuck you. I'm going back to your room. We are not fucking. And she's like, yeah, we are fucking. I'm gonna go back to my room and lay down too, but I bet in five minutes you'll come fuck me. He's like, I bet in four and a half minutes you're gonna come fuck me. <laughs> and then they both go back in their rooms all pissy, and they set their fucking arms like, here comes four and a half minutes. We're gonna fuck. We're gonna fucking, we're gonna slap some fucking cheeks baby let's fucking go four and a half minutes and then they sit there and they wait and they wait and nobody's trying to slap cheeks and Indy's like why is she coming to slap my cheeks and she's like why is Indy coming to slap my cheeks and the dude just comes out and tries to kill Indiana Jones okay Jusby you, you did it comedically <laughs> but that's literally what happens I am being completely <laughs> like like right, without
1: them saying fuck and slap cheeks that's literally
0: what happens <laughs> I hate it so much. It's
1: fucking atrocious. It's terribly written. It doesn't work on a comedic level like they think it does. I it it's funny in how not funny it is, I guess. I I was just flabbergasted because I forgot this scene existed. I didn't know that they went this far with it. This sucks. This sucks bad. So anyway, um Assassin. Yeah. Try to kill Indiana Jones. Not her for some reason. Maybe just Indy's a threat, and she's not, right, because right. she's like, Ew, monkey brains, we're crashing! You know, bad character. Uh, <laughs> uh, and they don't care about Short Round. Short Round's just sleeping in Indy's room while is being assassinated. Short Round thankfully wakes up and gives him a hand, throws him the whip. Uh, this scene has some behind-the-scenes unfortunate bullshit. <sighs> Harrison Ford does a somersault during this attempted assassination Harrison Ford likes to do a lot of his own stunts you know uh, did a lot of them in Raiders uh, went through a bad time in Raiders getting sick having dysentery uh, and generally just getting fucked up and hurt but this was a whole nother level so in, so Harrison Ford does a somersault ends up herniating a disc in his spine uh, he's fucked They literally bring in a hospital bed for Ford to rest on between takes. And eventually it gets to the point, uh, according to George Lucas, he could barely stand up. Yet, he was there every day, so shooting would not stop. He was in incomprehensible pain, but he was still trying to make it happen. Uh, Despite Ford doing his best... Eventually, they have to send him away for surgery because it's just too bad. It's just, it can't continue. He's gonna do even more irreparable harm to his body if this continues. So they send him away for surgery and continue without him for, I think, two months of filming. Uh, it's kind of a miracle that this movie got made at all. That's a pretty major production trouble to have. Uh, Yeah, Uh, It makes me wonder if Harrison Ford's curse Because there seems to be always a story About him getting fucked up on the set of a film It happened for Force Awakens even Uh, (laughs) Like I I don't know man That's Um, why he
0: hates acting so much now (laughs) He's like every time I walk on one of these Fucking movie sets I halfway die
1: (laughs) (laughs) Movies are uh, You know you Shouldn't be that dangerous, but... I mean, he put himself in the situation. He could have had a stuntman do that flippity-flip, but he did the flippity-flip, and then he got
0: brokeity-broke. You want to do a big flippy-flip? Yeah. A big flippy-flip.
1: So, he eventually comes back, and uh, they still finish uh, within the budget and on time, because Spielberg's a fucking pro. But unfortunately, he's also a pro at making a racist movie. So, let's continue... (laughs) he gets saved with the whip and he comes into her room and we get in another annoying scene where she's like, Oh, he's here to fuck me. And then he's just looking everywhere and she's like, I'm right here. Indy. And then he like touches the boobs on a statue and she's like, I'm right here and grabs her boobs. And I, and then I, I sigh in disappointment
0: Yeah, same. and I'll do it again. <sighs> God
1: damn it. So then he finds the secret entrance to, uh, the temple of the Doom, uh, but he has to go through some uh, booby traps and stuff first. There's a shitload of bugs. Shitload of bugs. Way too many bugs. How many bugs, Juzby? Too many. Too many bugs. Uh, and then, uh,
0: too many bugs! <laughs> too many bugs!
1: And then they got to uh, deal with a spike, lowering spike trap, and this is where we get the We are going to die! Frown. Frown. (laughs) Uh, Another annoying scene where she's like... They're like, Willie, get in here! Willie, get in here! You gotta stop the trap! And she's like, Oh! Oh, there's bugs! Ah! Very predictable, very annoying, very drawn out. Uh, I'm glad when it's over. Now we get to kind of the good part of the movie, if you will. A much better part. It's at least... Interesting Um, This is where you can kind of play around With the uh, Non-racist elements of it But then it kind of just doesn't work Still, it's still kind of racist And I'll get into more of why later But like, you know You can have a secret society that doesn't represent The country that is evil And cult-like, and it could work fine But they had to go ahead and say That they worship Kali Who is an evil god not evil god. Nope. Uh, Indian people don't like this at all. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, it, it's just kind of a weird
0: they like they They just went do. like, oh, well, what's an Indian god? And somebody said Kali. And i like, okay.
1: And another one said Shiva. And they're like, which one's good? And they're like, Shiva good. And they're like, okay. Figured it out, guys. Go home for today. We're done writing. <laughs> um, Ugh. So we get the uh, probably the most famous scene in the movie, which is Kali Ma. Kali Ma. Taking the heart out of the dude, lowering him into the fire pit while he's still alive somehow without a heart. I don't know what the fuck that's all about. But I like that it's not explained because it lends to the mystery of it and the creepiness of it. Yes. I like it. This this uh, this fellow is a good villain. I like him. Me too. He has a creepy presence. He has a good presence for a bad guy. Uh, He looks very imposing and creepy. It's like towering. I liked him a lot. Uh, This guy is played by Amrish Puri. Uh, So he's a legendary Bollywood actor. He doesn't really appear in a lot of Western movies. Um, But he played, who would have guessed... Villains, usually, in his uh, roles in Bollywood films. And he unfortunately passed away in uh, 2005. But no, I'm blessed. glad that he's at least in this movie because he's a he's at least a highlight in this uh, shit sandwich that is Temple of Doom. Yes. Um, I, I mean, he's not as good as Belloc. I love Belloc. My favorite villain in this bring franchise. Free my boy Belloc. Bring him back. <laughs> bring back Belloc. All he did was look at the face of pure evil God. Bring him back. (laughs) All he did Uh, was work with the Nazis, man. Yeah, dude. Okay, it's not like he is a Nazi just because he works with the Nazis. You know who also worked with the Nazis? Everyone in Germany. You gonna put them in the Ark of the Covenant, too? I didn't think so. Heritage, not hate. Okay? Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. This is going too far. It's a bit, but it's going too far. Reel
0: it back, friend. Reel it back. <laughs> reel it in.
1: So anyway, Kali Ma happened. And yes, then... so he can reel
0: it in. He reels that empty cage back in after he melts <laughs> this dude's body huh. in the lava. My lower my rusty cage. And, and then our protagonists are like, what the
1: fuck? All right, let's not look around too much. Let's just go down there and take the stones. That works out well. They get immediately kidnapped. Immediately.
0: Yep, and Indy is forced to drink blood. Which
1: in a pretty creepy fun scene. Uh voodoo doll for some reason. Yep, kid just has voodoo, voodoo doll. Voodoo doll for some reason. Not not particularly a aspect of Indian culture as far as I know. By the way, uh but whatever. I've
0: mentioned this before, Palace is a child king.
1: Yeah, that's also a weird stereotype, too. Mm -hmm. Um, who is, like, an evil character, but not really, because uh, it's implied that they have this dark spell that they can put people under, literally, and then they're, like, under their control kind of mindlessly. Yes. Uh, It's the Plagas, basically.
0: Yeah, sure. (laughs) Clearly,
1: Temple of Doom inspired Resident Evil 4 in multiple ways. There's a spike trap. Uh-huh. Descending from the ceiling. There's uh-huh. an evil cult uh-huh. performing rituals. Yep. And uh, they infect people with a thing that lets them, you know, do their master's bidding. Yep. It's literally the same thing, except for the racism part. Oh, yeah. yeah, Because just because we're in Spain doesn't mean that game hates Spanish people. It's just the situation. Which is how this movie could have been... But we get snake-eaten. When Leon showed up to the village, they weren't eating snakes. Well, I think they were eating people, though. But that's because they were zombies, not because they were Spanish. Right. That's a little different.
0: (laughs) God. I, I, I think so, yes. I would be inclined to agree with you. (laughs) <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a, just a bit. hair. Just, just a, a hair bit. different. You know, it's, it's nice to
1: set up a good tone. You, you gotta, like... Yeah, anyway. So, um... So, Indy turns evil. He big evil.
0: evil. He big evil shirtless Harrison Ford. And that's that's bad news. A short round gets sent down to work in the tunnels along with a bunch of missing children from that village from earlier. Mm. A nice PG film whips the shit out of Indiana
1: Jones and whips the shit out of Short Round and forces them to do child labor labor in a slave camp. Uh, rated PG on Disney Plus
0: this year. Well, I didn't know this was Andrew Carnegie's biopic. Oh, my lord. <laughs>
1: It, it is a well-known fact that uh, when people disobeyed him, Andrew Carnegie would call them into his office and go like you've disappointed me and then go Kali ma take their heart out of their still beating uh, chest but uh <laughs> yes this is proven fact. that's just
0: how capitalism works. you gotta, works. You gotta do book. what you got to do read a book this is how you become a billionaire you can rip out people's <laughs> hearts. I mean, you're not wrong. Hey.
1: <laughs> hey. We live in a hellscape. What? So, uh Indy is uh I, the secret to ending the spell of the influence of the thuggy cult, whatever that means. Cult thuggy. Little 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 thuggy. Young thuggy. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Boy, young thuggy. <laughs> Is uh is to just light them on fire, <laughs> just take that torch and just shove it into Indy's abdomen. He'll be fine once he wakes up, but just burn the shit out of his organs and his stomach, and then he's fine. That's all it takes, really. Uh, and then Indy wakes up and uh, beats the shit out of some uh, thuggies and uh, begins the escape process. But keeps getting uh, keeps getting voodoo dolled until Short Round takes that little bitch out. Yep. You know, uh, then you get the fun uh, minecart sequence. hmm mm-hmm. After they save... Uh, All the kids. Willie, as well, from getting lowered into the hell pit. They don't take her heart, oddly enough. Not sure why.
0: Um, because they didn't think about it?
1: Oh, yeah. What? They didn't think
0: about something in this movie? Shocker. They think about, well, uh, before we Shocker. were taking out their hearts before lowering them into the The majority
1: pit. of the rest of this movie is just action set pieces involving them escaping. Yes. Uh, and then eventually they do. Minecart segment is great. Clearly inspired by Diddy's Conquest. Mm hmm. Donkey Kong Country
0: 2. Mm hmm.
1: Clearly came out before this. Obviously. Obviously. Uh,. I, I don't know why this is such a rip-off of Donkey Kong Country games, but, uh... Rare
0: Where's just trailblazing, man, and Lucas and Spielberg saw that. They're like, we gotta be like Diddy's to We gotta
1: rip it off. We gotta rip it off, dude. Uh, that segment is really fun. I liked it. Uh, yeah. there's a couple weird moments where, like, clearly that is just, like, a tiny little minecart, and they just went, like, mew, like, with, like, a little kid playing with cars at a couple points. But, uh... The effects in this movie are great for the era. They just
0: age bad. Yeah, That's just how it there's goes. no
1: real way around that. I appreciate that it's left in the movie as it is. It's not altered and touched up like a George Lucas film. I appreciate that. I appreciate that Spielberg at least has some integrity when it comes to that. Show Temple of Doom as it was, warts and all. Don't ever change it you for had to the show people what it was sake like. of it.
0: It's what important...
1: In its bad ways, just as important as it is in its good ways, I feel. And you shouldn't change what happened. Yes. You shouldn't uh, erase history and pretend it didn't exist, even if the result is kind of a mixed bag and kind of a racist bag, too. Yeah, quite. But there's lessons that you can learn from it. Definitely, for sure.
0: Yep, so they get through minecart mine part. Minecart hell. Minecart hell, and then, uh-oh, big flood coming. Mm-hmm. And then they get through that, and the scene where they're sitting there on on a ledge, and water is just... Green screened
1: on a ledge. It is, yeah. looks horrible. They have like clear like outlines like they were a cartoon. Yeah, that's <laughs> really it's, bad. Uh, They escape from that. We eventually get to a big rope bridge, right? I don't know what else happens before that. Yes, I think Indy runs away from some swordsman. Yeah. They even do a callback to the the joke from Raiders where he just shoots the guy. I don't think it's that successful, actually.
0: It's okay.
1: I I think it's just a callback to Raiders, and it's just like a reminder that, like, Oh, I could be watching the good Indiana Jones movie. (laughs) Fuck. Oh, speaking of throwbacks to Raiders, I wanted to bring this up. So there is a sequence we forgot where... uh, a large thuggy cult member fights Indy on a uh, conveyor belt thing. And I want to bring that up because of this. Uh, Pat Roach played the large German mechanic strongman who gets chopped up by the blades and Raiders. He also plays this large man in Temple of Doom who gets flattened by a steamroller press thing. I just want to point out that this man is white. And that's problematic Jesus considering Christ. who he's playing yeah
0: just a little bit just just what, a little just bit just a baby boy <laughs> pit, you know
1: that blew my mind when i found out that was the same guy because i didn't really think about it i didn't really pay attention to his face fucking to whitey. See that that's clearly a white man wearing some uh dark face paint this movie has black face in it is what i'm saying Great. Brown face. Whatever you wanna say. It's not good. Not at all. It's not good. Nope. Not not an Indian man, Pat Roach. (laughs) You may be able to tell from his name. But hey, good stunt work. Good big lad. Absolutely. It wasn't probably wasn't his idea to do this. No. Um, but you know, hey. So we get the big rope bridge. Yes. Where uh, the beginning of Metal Gear Solid Three happens. No, that's the other Metal Gear games. That's all of them. Not that one. That one has different kind of music. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. What a bridge. <laughs>
1: uh, so. They're basically our heroes are between a rock and a hard place, as it were. Between a bridge and a giant pit. Thuggies to the left of me! And thuggies to the right! (laughs) That's what we got. That's exactly what we got going on.
0: (laughs) They're trapped on the bridge. And the thuggies are pushing them more towards the center. And then he's like, all right, it's time. If you kill me, I drop the stones. And they're like, Drop the stones, bitch.
1: We'll find them. We have a bunch of child slaves.
0: He's like, and he's like, fuck. All right. (laughs) Then, and he looks at looks at short round. Says he's going to cut the bridge in Chinese. Mm -hmm. And he's like, fuck. And he he gets he gets uh, Willie do same thing. Yeah. And he like, all right, it's time.
1: And I did like I did like the line where she was like, he's nuts. And uh, short round, uh, well, unfortunately, said in broken English. Uh, he's not nuts, he's crazy. But really, it was short round, so he said, he no nuts, he crazy. So that kind of puts a damper on my enjoyment of that line. But I do like the spirit of the line. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But gotta be be English for some reason. Thanks a lot, Spielberg and Lucas.
0: Yeah, appreciate it. You
1: guys did it. There's other people to blame as well. I'll get to that in a bit. This movie got some bullshit.
0: So Indy Cup bridge, and then you have a scene where they're climbing up bridge, and they're, and they're fighting, tussling on bridge. Indy some gets the bridge. kill of
1: the game in Overwatch. Uh, several people die <laughs> in one fell swoop. Uh, <laughs> except Bomb man. Molaram. Something like that. Yeah. Whatever his name is.
0: They, they tussle him for a little bit, and then eventually he gets a hold of the bag. When he's also holding the bag, he's like, you know what I'm gonna do to him? I'm a sick god on him.
1: <laughs> get god on the phone. And he does, he gets god on the phone. And well, the ship specifically burns in the bag. get Shiva on the phone. Yeah. And uh, the bag lights on fire and then they do fall into some crocodiles and gets eaten. Uh, lots of Wilhelm screams in this film by the way. Yes. And glad. I appreciate that as a fan of. Wilhelm anytime screaming.
0: one shows up, I'm Oh. It's
1: a great great scream. Love it.
0: And then the British military shows up because, of course, they did, yay, colonialism.
1: If there's anything Indian people love more, it's being shown that the true heroes are the British. Right. <laughs> like, jeez oh, man. I, I thought they were just going to delete the British man from the film. Uh, he was only briefly in the movie. But uh, nah, he comes back to save the day at the end. And, of course, the day is saved thanks to Indy. He climbs up with the rock, gives it back to the village. And the village, of course, is now fruitful once again. And all the kids come back thanks to white savior Indiana Jones. And then uh, they're uh, about to leave and go. And uh, Willie's like, you suck shit, Indiana Jones. And he's like, yeah, but, like, you want to suck my dick, right? And she's like, okay. And then the movie ends.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: that's that's basically what that's we it. got.
0: That, that's it. That's Indiana Doom. Jones and then we'll do them.
1: Uh, what do you got for me? Oh, I got some shit. I'm going to crack open a nice <laughs> cold can of Mugaru. Crack open a cold one with the boys. That's the thuggies, cool. if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Cracked open Squat a cold one. Squat up with the thuggies. <laughs> uh. So, uh, something we didn't talk about last week is... Raiders could not have happened without a man by the name of Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the film. Now, Lucas came up with a lot of the ideas, and Spielberg came up with ideas as well. But the actual script was written by Lawrence Kasdan, who is super famous for also collabing with Lucas on The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And also, most recently, he also wrote Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, and... Unfortunately, Solo, a Star Wars story.
0: Oh. But pretty
1: good track record, writing Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah, I'd say and so. Empire Strikes Back.
0: Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. You know. So,
1: here's the thing. Lucas comes up with the idea for Temple of Doom before even going to anybody for a script. And here's what Lawrence Kasdan says. I didn't want to be associated with Temple of Doom. (laughs) I just thought it was horrible. It's so mean. There's nothing pleasant about it. I think Temple of Doom represents a chaotic period in both their lives, referring to Lucas and Spielberg, and the movie is very ugly and mean-spirited. This is what he said later in life about it. So, um, they need a different writer. Because Lawrence Kasdan is like, this sounds like it's going to suck. He was right. He was right. Good lad. Right. Uh, so, who writes the script? Writing team of Willard Hoik, H U Y C K is this man's name. Okay. I'm going to pronounce it Hoik! Uh, and Gloria Katz uh, to write the script. Um. Apparently, they were hired by Lucas to write the script based on their knowledge of Indian culture.
0: Well, they didn't have any.
1: I don't think they did. I, you know, somehow I doubt that. (laughs) But whatever. Uh, I think it's worth noting that this writing team would go on to help Lucas, like, craft his true masterpiece Howard the Duck. Oh, God. Yeah, that's who wrote this movie, Jusby. The people who wrote Howard the Duck.
0: Great. I'm, I'm so glad. Does it
1: explain a bit now? A little bit, It does yeah. to me. It does to me. I'm sure they were well-meaning. Maybe I'm not, actually, now that I said it out loud and I'm thinking about what's in Temple of Doom
0: to myself. Uh, But apparently a lot of, like, you know... The, yeah, sure, George. We know a lot about Indian culture, like how they eat chilled monkey
1: brains. A lot of that stuff did come from Lucas and Spielberg, though. Like that scene in particular was brought about because they needed a way to explain the exposition. And they that's basically an exposition scene. Like if yeah. you take out all the food grossness, it's just Indy talking to the Prince and the Prime Minister and the British guy about about the thuggy cult that he is wondering if it's Don't you there or not. Like eat
0: some just like some normal food.
1: Well, they wanted an exciting way to deliver the exposition, so they wrote that scene and this gross-out, dumb scene—the exact
0: opposite of exciting. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It was just tormenting. Yeah, rather than just sat down and talked.
1: An- another thing worth noting: uh, the script was written. Really fucking fast, like in a month. Jesus, okay. And the reason is they weren't entirely certain if Spielberg would be available to direct it unless they did it fast, because Spielberg had a lot of projects down the tube. He only had limited availability because he had several hit films on his under his belt and counting since the first movie came out. Yeah, Uh, I think in the time like he also did E. T. If I'm not not mistaken. Mm Yes. He he's a he's a big famous movie man now, uh, and Raiders did a lot to help that. So I think he would have came for part two anyway. Yeah, but for whatever reason they were worried about it, so they wrote the script very fast so that they could start filming immediately. Might explain why the script sucks ass. But anyway, <laughs> so the original plan is to film Temple of Doom in India. It wasn't filmed in India. was not. Not one bit. (laughs) Really? So, according to Mr. Willard Hlaik, here's a quote from him. At one point when we were writing it, we told George, we know a lot of Indians. We've been there. I don't think they're going to think this is really so cool. Do you think you're going to have trouble shooting there? He said... Are you kidding? It's me and Steve. Months later, they called and said, "We can't shoot in India. They're really upset." <laughs> so they shot in Sri Lanka and London mostly. That's the whole quote from Hoik. Uh, so yeah, they were chased out of India. <laughs> wow. They didn't. For some reason, they didn't want to make the movie where uh, they portray Indians as. Uh, uh, a murderous cult that eats monkey brains for some reason they weren't cool with that huh go figure Weird. that's so, uh, I don't know why long story short the Indian government was highly offended by their country's portrayal in the film they demanded script changes if they filmed in India and George was uh, you know no so they didn't <sighs> uh, so as a result Ninety percent of Temple of Doom is filmed on sound stages basically, uh you mostly in London uh and you can tell uh, a lot of credit I want to shout out this man Douglas Slocomb, who was in charge of lighting because he does a pretty superb job in disguising the fact with smart lighting and this movie is really well lit. I love the red creepy lighting he disguises the fact that all of this is on sound stages right and they also have like a fair amount of matte paintings and things like that to help you know fill in the blanks as it were because without a location to shoot on you gotta make do with what you got right so how did the public react to this film
0: oh I wonder how positive it was
1: well I mean you know movie audiences came out in droves to see this movie it broke records for the time uh parents weren't really all that happy about the dark nature of it. But you know, take that as you will. Uh I don't think the dark part is the detriment to the movie really. Uh maybe it's the racist part. <laughs> I think I think it's the racist part. But
0: maybe audiences maybe. in
1: nineteen eighty-four didn't pick up on that as much as we do in twenty nineteen, unfortunately. That's just the reality of the situation.
0: They're like, haha, Indians eat chill monkey brain. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha uh, so your boy Roger
1: Ebert, you want to guess what he thought of Temple he of Doom? He liked it. Jusby, he loved it. He gave it a perfect score of four out of four stars. Are you fucking The same me? score he gave Raiders, and here's what he said about it. The most cheerfully exciting, bizarre, goofy, romantic adventure movie since Raiders. And it is high praise to say that it's not so much a sequel as an equal. It's quite an experience. Now the rest of the critical response to this movie is fairly mixed, but I like to bring up that one because I love Roger Ebert, but
0: like God he has some bad opinions. Man,
1: sometimes, sometimes he has some bad opinions and it's fun to dunk on him. Uh sorry, man, that movie sucks. I'm just taking from me a true film critic on my podcast that two people listen to.
0: Roger Ebert does well, did some great things like Putting Princess Mononoke really high in his top ten films of all time list, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is very smart. Mm-hmm. And then he also did, does dumb shit like giving a perfect score to Indiana <laughs> chosen the Temple of. I, T- I
1: don't know how anyone, like even if you excuse the racism for some reason, would think this movie is a perfect score.
0: N- in no way. Even when I was a small child, I was like, "Wow, this movie is clear- clearly inferior." to Raiders? Yes! Of course! in yeah, Last Crusade which we will, we'll get to
1: next week. Well, no one had any basis to think that yet, but yeah. Right. Um, yeah, the rest of the critical reception was much more mixed. A lot of criticism going towards the dark tone. A uh, lot of concerned parents, and obviously we get the PG-13 rating created as a result. In India, the film is banned on its initial release. Straight up, can't, not allowed to watch it, not allowed to go okay, to India. Okay, yeah understandable have a nice day (laughs) right uh it's it's available to the public now in india it's fine the depiction of the goddess kali as one of pure evil was one of the biggest criticisms as kali is more traditionally portrayed as a goddess of change and empowerment and more a force of good sometimes in a roundabout way like if kali did have massive destruction it was to enforce change positive change and obviously another scene India had huge problems with was, of course, the dinner scene that we've talked about uh, a lot. And it's inaccurate as fucking it's racist. And they hated it. So I can understand why officials and the government
0: like,
1: of no. India were like, fuck this movie. So what did uh, Spielberg think of the movie? Yeah. Well, at least today, Spielberg hates it, basically. Spielberg on the film's... Legacy, if you will. I wasn't happy with Temple of Doom at all. It was too dark, too subterranean, and much too horrific. I thought it outpoltered Poltergeist. There's not an ounce of my own personal feeling in Temple of Doom. Sounds like you're walking it back a bit, Steve, but okay. Another quote from his. Temple of Doom is my least favorite of the trilogy. I look back and I say, well, the greatest thing that I got out of that was I made... I met Kate Capshaw. We married years later, and that, to me, was the reason I was fated to make Temple of Doom. Ah, it was a love story all along. Steven Spielberg got the girl in the end, even though he wrote, like, an edgy, jilted teenager breakup movie. <laughs> God. <laughs> Not literally, but you know what I mean. They were They were edgy, and they were upset. And then it was all fine because he
0: met a new girl immediately. Temple of Doom made me and upset.
1: <laughs> Obviously, it's worse than Raiders. I want to hear your predictions for where it'll land later. More, I'm guessing... More
0: towards the middle, probably.
1: Well, there's... I mean, there's only so far it can go with only four movies.
0: I... I
1: <sighs> Number three, probably. Still better than Crystal Skull? Probably. I really wonder, dude... I really wonder... Now, I... I, I'm not going to say for sure... Because I've bit myself in the ass on this kind of thing before... Where I was like, yeah... I think Jurassic Park 3 is better than Jurassic Park 2... Based on my memory... And having just seen Jurassic Park 2 and thinking it was bad... But in practice, that ended up being a poor decision to say that... Because Jurassic Park 3 was way worse... Than I even remembered... But I just want to say... Temple of Doom is way worse than I remember, to the point where, like, I I kind of am starting to actually hate it, just because you know there's there's good stuff in it. Don't get me wrong; it's hard in modern. Some of the bad movies on our list are just bad and not racist, and this one I can't really look past that shit. In modern context, it's so bad in that context. I it's really hard. It's really fucking hard not to look. Past Should it. you dock points from it
0: from that? I yes. don't know. Yes. I, I guess so. You have to. When when we're looking, we're not at looking films, at it in 1984. Right. We're looking at it in 2019. Yeah. In 2019, that film is problematic as fuck. <laughs> at least. Yeah, it, and it's and not only is it problematic as fuck, it also has like really shitty characters and like a poor rush script. And some really badly aged special effects. And nothing good enough to back it up. Well, I don't care about that part. That's fine. I'm not
1: going to dock points for badly aged special effects. Because that's what they had. And I would prefer to see those than the new ones. Right. The George Lucas special editions.
0: Yeah, you but know. at least like something like Raiders, when it's really noticeable to you, at least you're enjoying the movie.
1: It does help. Yeah. It does bring down the overall experience. Even without the racism, this still has... One of the worst female characters I've ever seen in a film. Yep. Like, this is who everyone complains about when they complain about bad female characters. She's nothing but a damsel and is basically, like, every old boomer's opinion of what women are. And it sucks. (laughs) It's garbage. Like, when they're drunk and they're complaining about like, all women are the same, man. Give me a miller. Yeah,
0: it's it's like
1: it's so bad and stereotypical, the whole movie. That that I really have to wonder, Juzby. Was Crystal Skull all that bad? We'll find all out things considered. Cause it at least didn't have this shit in it. Like, yeah, sure. Shia LaBeouf swings on some monkey vines with some monkeys. That's stupid as fuck. No question. But
0: it's not racist.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just stupid. I can take stupid and I can enjoy stupid. Like, I don't know about this one. I frankly don't really want to see it again. I don't. Um I mean I had an okay time because it was like, oh my god. It's like horrified. It's like watching a fucking car accident. It's like Would you watch Birth of a Nation if it had a really cool minecart sequence in it? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like,
0: (laughs) like, like, hey, I mean, like, the Ku Klux Klan is in it? That's the most important (laughs) philosophical question you've ever asked. (laughs)
1: Like, yeah, the Ku Klux Klan is in it, but, like, Bro. <laughs> Bro, that minecart scene. Bro, that minecart scene. Like, I really have to question Remember, the man, value of this movie in the modern day.
0: Birth of a Nation is problematic as fuck. Remember the part when the little Asian kid was like, ha ha, very funny. <laughs> you get all wet. Ha ha.
1: God. God man. damn it. At least next week. Next week, good movie. We get to
0: watch... I get the I last
1: get, Indiana Jones film. I get to I go, except for the other one.
0: I get to go, ha very wet at Sean Connery. What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm excited for that. I love Sean Connery. No, me too. Even he's, though he's, he's uh, fucking amazing. He is a drunk, weird uncle man that I. I
0: <laughs> he's, he's fucking amazing I in know. Last Crusade. I don't know. He's wait. amazing
1: in Last Crusade. That's one of my favorite roles that he's ever been in, for sure. I can't wait. Um and I, I just love Last Crusade in general I, I think the decision to make James Bond Indiana Jones' dad is perfect just perfect casting perfect decision and I like his character and I like some of the I like the Nazis are the villain again makes things a little uh, easy <laughs> to, and makes it feel a lot more like Raiders of the Lost Ark which is a good film I uh, have fond memories of Last Crusade, and I hope they don't get dashed by surprise racism again. Not, I mean, I knew it was there with Temple of Doom, and if, if it showed up in Last Crusade, I would be surprised because I don't really
0: know for sure. The worst thing that movie does is talk shit about Christians. Oh, no. <laughs> Good. Fuck them. See you next week. Bye. <sighs> Say something funny.
1: No time for love, Dr. Jones. Ha, 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 ha.